spidey senses tingling. Relevant show. We are a man down, and the only one that could save us is that voice. Your host, Slim, the Papercap Podcast, episode 65. Welcome to the show, Jonesy. Hi. Oh, there's no glue. We're short the glue. But thank you for the welcome, just the same. Uh, welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast, where we talk about industry news, the books we're reading, and we do a book club. You know? This week's book club, Echoes by Josh Fialkov. And uh, we read your letters every week to close out the show. Letters at papercake.com. How do you do that? How do you time the title of the book with that beat job? So it, nice. It, I'm never more focused than right before I mentioned the book club every week. <laughs> oh, uh, it's good to be back. So uh, we're, we're a great podcast. I'm not sure if you can tell just right off the bat. We're fantastic. So thanks for being here. Um, let's go around the room and introduce the hosts. You know? For the new listeners, this is like your point one episode. Don't let the the gang music in the background deter you. We're two out of three white people in the room right now, so we got your back. Uh, to my right, in the room, in the in the in the lounge, the podcasting lounge, he is a podcast guest host sensation. He is making the rounds. Uh, on the internet, hosting any podcast that will have his services, he's he's working on a comic book. Fact: We have someone in the biz on the show right now. He's a writer, unpublished. Uh, Jonesy loves beer on the Twitter. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, and uh, don't forget to follow Inherited Comic on Twitter. Big things coming. Shameless plug. I love it. At Inherited Comic on the Twitter. Stay tuned. Uh, to my left, tenured writer. Fact. You're a TV star. You're on yeshello.tv. Internet video troupe. Actor. Am I forgetting anything else? You got big feet. You just put them up on the coffee table. Nah, Doc. Keep going. Keep going. It is good to be uh, back. Batman genealogist. Former DC historian. Black. Tall. You're an amazing chef. Debonair. <laughs> Schiller. Grimmer. Uh, welcome back to the show. He doesn't use Twitter that much, but you're at Farrington Says on it. Yes, I am. Thank you, guys. Hello. Sending love, peace, and shout-outs to our man down. We miss you, buddy. We are a man down. Uh, rest in peace, Dale underscore A. He used to be on the show, and now he's dead. Uh, so we'll see what happens That's from here symptom. on out. That's a symptom. Death? Yep. Welcome uh, to Paper Keg. May calls death. We <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Put that on a t-shirt, will you? Uh, so we have a meetup happening within a few weeks. Is that still going on? That's the week after San Diego Comic-Con. The Friday. It's July 20th. 
we're just going to go to a bar and have some beers, and you can come if you want. Play some classic arcade games. Chill. Yeah. Hang. Mm-hmm. Golden Axe Rampage. Chilling will be happening. I think that's a fact. Should be, should be good. My, my wife and I are putting up. Feinsta. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish found, you... found those boys a place to sleep. Good for you. And a uh, boy. I have not heard. A potentially catcher. I, I guess he, he's not sure if he's going. Good for or not. you. I have an arrow bed with his name on it. Because you made me look like a jerk. Because I replied to them and told them that we couldn't do it. I thought I told you directly that I was going to text Brad. <laughs> you did not. In okay. fact, we can talk about this in the fireside. <laughs> this is all boring, <laughs> uh, interpersonal stuff. Wow, wow, wow. We're not only people's favorite podcasts, but we put them up too. Yeah, we got it all. How much are you charging him? You can be honest with me. 200 uh, bucks? I, well, I'm asking for a Muppet sketch for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> we can get into that, too, in the fireside, because uh, you apparently muffed up a Muppet sketch before, didn't you? Yeah, quite Yeah, quite tragically. Uh, July 20th is a Friday. Come on down. What's the name of the place? No pressure. Uh, Barcade. Barcade. Philadelphia. Brotherly love. You know, that's what I've heard. There's some stalwart fans that I'm hoping to come out. Sure. Uh... We usually go right over to the now deceased Dale underscore A. Uh, God rest his soul for the news. Can anyone replace him this week in memory of Dale? If I, anybody's going to replace him, it's got to be his boy. Going to be my biggest effort here to try to replace Dale. You mean podcast sensation? Yes. <laughs> the Tom Brokaw of of Papercake News, if you will. I right. guess I'm the fill-in uh is there a villain? I don't know. The, yeah. No. Mm-mm. All right. What's happening? What's the biggest piece of news dropped this week? Let's talk hot, about it. Hot news dropped today or yesterday, if you're listening. Marvel Now. Marvel Now. Big shakeup, but don't call it a reboot, brother. Is that the slogan? That's kind of racist, I think. Yeah, it's, Mark, it's technically racist. That's but racist? You know what? I'm going to let it go. All right. I kind of like it. It's the it. biggest uh, racism since DC tried to say that Africa was ape-controlled back in the New 52. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, regardless, it's going to be a, a big shakeup of the universe, new characters with new names um, or existing characters with new identities, new costumes, kind of a, a facelift, if you will. Another jumping on point, but they wanted to make sure they distanced themselves from the totally rebooted DC universe. Yeah, this is like Marvel's version of the New Fifty Two. Yep, they're gonna reboot, re- relaunch all their big properties over the course of a few months. One new book a week from October till like five months or something. February, something like yeah. that. It's like a slow burn reboot, which is awesome. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I what, think. Oh, go ahead. What are some of the titles that they're starting out with? What's the big one? Uh, Bendy on X Men <laughs> and Uncanny the, Avengers. Uh-huh. And one more, which I... It's Avengers. Just Uncanny Avengers? You you already said Uncanny Avengers. It is right. Avengers by Hickman and Jonathan Opinia. Opinia. Can we get into the big one? The big one is Uncanny Avengers uh, by Rick, Rick Remendo, our boy. Friends call him Remendo. Dale's best friends. I guess uh, Remendo will be at the funeral. R- Rick Remendo and Brace Yourself on Art. John Cassidy. I have to change my shorts right now. Yeah, that means it's going to be a quarterly book. We're never going to get it on time. <laughs> Maybe he's he's been quiet for the past know. few months. Maybe they've been yeah. working on this for like a year already. God, I hope so. Chain him to a desk and get it on time. Because no, hang not... on, astonishing X Men. Let's give him a pass. Art was brilliant. Now Agreed. he's back to do it again for Avengers. And one of the I'm getting tingly just thinking about it right now. They had said that the, the X Men, which we'll get into in a second, is biweekly. 
And then also uh, Avengers is bi-weekly. Yeah, Romo, Pena. So my guess is like they'll start like Eminem will maybe be on six issues. And then Opeña, I don't think Opeña can do a bi-monthly book. Me neither. I crazy. can't see it at all. So I'm wondering who like the Plan B artist is. So like once they need a break, I wonder who the who the next artist to come on is. It'll be nice to see Eminem though. I love his art. Well, Cassidy isn't Cassidy's they they haven't said it's bi-weekly. I think it's just monthly. So thank God. I mean monthly until who knows. I'm sure Don't they got the done. villain artist lined up. So uh, Uncanny X-Force, Uncanny X Uncanny Avengers. Uncanny Avengers is like combining X-Men into Avengers into one mega team. So this is Crazy. like the biggest book ever. This is like their premier frontline book. So Cap, Cyclops, Wolverine, Thor, Everybody, you name it, they're in there, apparently. I think the teaser said something like, expect Cap and the Wolverine for sure, but everybody else is a wild card. Yeah. The <laughs> teaser image from your boy, Joe Q, had Cyclops wearing a new costume. Did you see that? Have no. You heard what, about this? what was the description? Describe his new costume. a right? lot of new costume redesigns. It was like reddish, black, and his visor was now, his eyes were at the center of an X design on his head. Oh, I think crazy. even Iron Man got a new redesign too. Mm-hmm. It was similar Another outfit, new design? but it was Thor had two swords hammer. on his back. Right, different color scheme. Spider Man looked untouched. If I wanted to make Thor cool, I probably would add two swords. You know what's interesting too about this promo shot by Joe Q? Standing to the left side of it, Invisible Woman. Yeah. yeah, he did say that it wasn't indicative of the lineup of Uncanny Avengers for some reason. It was just like, hey, this is the new deal. Here are some characters. I told you, I do love two things about it. I love that they didn't change Wolverine's costume. Or Spidey's, thank God. Um, and I also love uh, that Nick Fury is now in the top cop of the world outfit. You see that? Yeah, that's um, his son. Nick Fury Jr. Um, Marcus something. NFJR. That's what they call him on the street. NFJR? <laughs> when did you get more street cred than me? Uh, what else is in this? Oh, And so- I don't think that's Thor, to be honest. Get it out here. Look at his face in a Thor, bro. Shut the front door. It's Joe Quesada. Looks more like Sabretooth than anybody else. Yeah, it's Sabretooth wearing two swords. Okay. Hey, it's not a it's not a fake challenge you predict. This is an episode five. I'm not making a crazy (laughs) prediction. Uh, And to the far right in the corner, the gray haired one eye patch guy, white guy. Cable. Is that cable? That is cable. Confirmed. He's alive. Uh, the X Men book is weird. It's the original team members of the nineteen sixty three book, time travel to present day. And are pretty much sickened to see the current state of like the world, and that's what that book is about. Here's my beef with time travel stories. Or Bendis could be prove me wrong. When you get a good time travel story, no matter how good it is, you know how it's going to end up. They can't kill the characters from the past. They can't change history. So even though he could have the most amazing story ever, we ultimately know where this is going to end. Yeah, you know what they should do? What tell us? Put Bendis and Malia back on Daredevil. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm sure it's coming. I'm oh sure God. it's coming. Would you kick my boy Mark Wade <laughs> off of it? No, not not a heartbeat. Uh, so second news item. Wait, you didn't, do we even talk about the other Avengers book? Did we skip Hickman? Something? Hickman oh, and Opania. Hickmania. Have you been reading Manhattan Projects? So, I haven't read the most recent one. <laughs> amazing. Hickmania oh is sweeping. <laughs> Dale's back in sounder form. <laughs> He's haunting the mixer right now. <laughs> Uh, but no, uh, Hickmania is sweeping the nation. He said so. it's going to be like 18 Avenger characters over the course of this book. Well, think about it. They got all the Avengers and all the X-Men, so that's one hell of a huge cast that they can pick from. 
It sounds like it's going to be his his epic Fantastic Four like run, where he's just going to go through the throw the kitchen sink at the characters. Every older character is probably going to show up. Yeah, have obscure. a feel. Who can't you use if you can use those lineups? Uh, hopefully, Thor isn't involved. You know what's crazy though too Saber is Thor. <laughs> Saber Thor. I do like how Marvel's going to have that augmented reality on every single number one issue that they release. Oh, really? I didn't read that. For all of the iPhone users and Android users. Hmm. So every new number one that comes out, be sure to scan it with your phone at your LCS. I think they're going to reboot oh, nice. Spider-Man because he's nearing issue 700 soon. I certainly hope not. They just did one what, more day and everything. The other bleeding cool firmed rumor was uh, Frank Cho taking over Wolverine. Interesting. Writing and art duties. How do you so, feel about that? Wolverine's going to have a double D. I'm down. Did we mm. talk about the most recent Wolverine? Yes. Like retconish. Uh I think you mentioned it briefly. I, I don't know if I'm all about the retcon on that. It was such a huge thing in House of M to have him get his memories back, and it kind of backwards cut that out. Mm-hmm. So who's back to an old memory less Wolverine? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I Some like memory it. less. Back it up, back it up. What happened? In the most recent Wolverine, he fights this uh like the evil scientist who uncovers some of his weapon x training and uses code words to take over his mind okay but wolverine fights back and kind of heals over those memories but in the process of the whole battle he he like accidentally i'm not sure if wolverine caused it or the scientist but he erases some of his regained memories so now he doesn't know what's real or what's fake and in the process he forgets his girlfriend Week. So he like totally forgets that they even had this relationship, which kind of is sad. Yeah, to me. that kind of overwrites the whole uh, Aaron. Yeah, work. Wolverine Weapon X Adamantium Men run that I mentioned. Is you talk about that like every week. <laughs> uh, it also negates my like all time favorite Wolverine issue where he goes to all his exes and he goes to Mariko's grave to tell her about the oh, new man. girlfriend. What a great issue! That it was. also negates some of X Men Origins, one of the greatest Wolverine. Stories ever. Stop trolling. You can actually get Stop out of trolling. your own house now. No, I'm going to get kicked out again. <laughs> Wait a minute, real quick. Before we move on, I'm sure. not sure I understand what Marvel is doing with the Avengers. Are they starting it with this is new history or it's not? No, they're, they're, it's not like a reboot. They're just kind of giving it a fresh relaunch and a new take. So I think you're able to just kind of jump in and and hop on. It's not kinda like, like a new Fifty Two. Kind of like taking a breath after AVX, which is going to totally. Remodel the uh, the new universe, so, so it's a it's a logical leaping point for a reboot. So I don't need to throw out my old Marvel boot. comics like I threw out no, my old DC. Comics. No, JQ would never do that to you. <sighs> JQ one Didio negative twenty. We need to get into the comic chatter. Are you ready? We actually had a sounder. Should we play it? Let's that do we it. never use because it's so terrible. Jonesy and I, for the new listeners, Jonesy and I sat down in the recording studio and made sounders for the entire show. Here's the one that got dropped. This week in comics, and not just the big two. Zatarains. Everyone just hit hit stop on the podcast (laughs) and threw their phone out the window. We just got 10 more likes on Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, right. This just cemented Jonesy's stance as the most popular paper keg host. He's the most popular podcast guest host in history, as voted on Maxim Magazine. Jonesy, what did you read this week? Lots of stuff, but I wanted to talk about AVX number six. By the time this post seven will be out. God. (laughs) 
the ghost of Dale is haunting us. AVX6 is the world after the Phoenix Force takes over. Right. Um, it is... The Phoenix Five. Right, the Phoenix Five. Cyclops basically makes himself the leader of the entire free world, has the Phoenix Five go feed the hungry... You know, he brings crops to places that have no rain. Good for him. You know, he, he makes sure everybody has affordable, clean power. He makes the world a better place and was like, yeah, mutants, y'all, making the world a better place. So, you know, Professor X goes to meet him at uh, Utopia. And um, he's like, Charlie, you know, man, your whole dream, I realized it in an instant. And then uh, you realize that the Avengers are, are still around, but kind of pushed to the side. And Cyclops realizes that as long as... I forget the exact line, but he says something like, as long as there's heroes, they're always going to try to fight us. So he's going to end the Avengers. Yeah, they're like... The Phoenix Five are like revered now in this new world where they're helping people, and the Avengers aren't anymore. And they're, for whatever reason, they're still fighting to take them out because they think it, it won't end well like they have too much power yeah even like beast is a member of a he's like and he's in a meeting where they're trying to take out the phoenix five and he's like you know why are we doing this they're doing nothing but good things and he he couldn't take it anymore so he leaves you know cap is uh, usually the voice of reason here and i think he still is he says you know they're giving the world everything that they need but nobody's paying the price for it so he just kind of thinks it's going to be one of those situations where human race gets everything for nothing and then implodes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he, he's, he's been around too many wars. He thinks it's dangerous when something like this happens. Right. So, you know. What did you think of the issue? I loved it. I, I thought it, I, it was not the direction I thought this was going to go at the end of issue five. Totally caught me from left field, but I like that they did it. It's. I always talk about this Dan Jurgens Thor run that you hated back in the day where Thor takes control of Earth. I'm going to turn your mic off yeah. right <laughs> And he essentially does the same thing. He takes over the planet, and the Avengers go and stop it, and he kills them all, and it's this whole big thing. But it gets negated. You know, he goes back in time with his really? huge Thor power, and this never happened. But they're they're doing the same thing where another power has created the world in their own image and made it better. But they're telling the story like a hundred times better because there are five flawed people mm-hmm. that have just gotten a fraction of this Phoenix uh, Force. Did you read X-Men Legacy? Uh, I did. The tie-in with Rogue. Yeah, the magic stuff. Yeah. That's like a huge little tie-in. Yeah, that, when yeah, they was. reveal that magic is sending the Avengers to hell, like I was, that's spoilers, I, I may, was kind of blown away. Yeah, I may or may not have paged through X-Men, Avengers vs. X-Men 7, which comes out the day this posts. And they refer to it as the X Brig, like they call it, so like the team knows about it. Which is which is crazy. I mean, they call something the X Brig, but don't, they don't really refer to it as hell. I mean, no, they should because it, that's it, what it looked like it. <laughs> uh, so I have to quickly mention because I did read ABX Six that uh, the Infinite Issue Two came out with this, mm-hmm. and uh, what a great little tie-in showing Cyclops dealing with these new powers of tel- uh, telepathy, questioning his own humanity. He goes to the uh, blue section of the moon where there's atmosphere and uh, he recreates this ghost of Jean Grey out of the dust of the moon and you know he has a conversation with her obviously he's animated her so it's not her it's his own subconscious 
And he basically asked himself, you know, have I lost my humanity because of this power? And, and she's like, well, let me answer your question with a question. Do you think a regular human would recreate a ghost to have a conversation with? Mm. And he's like, all right, I can't, I can't lose what I am. And then, you know, beat and it's over. Did anybody get the feeling when reading this that Beast is going to die in by the end of the series? He dies like every no. few years. Beast has not died. He's I think he's the... died three times in Ultimate X-Men when yeah, that, when that nobody series cares. ran. Nobody. That's not in continuity. <laughs> maybe I maybe got they the could sentence. do something nice and just take away his powers and just let him be a lonely human genius. I read this too and I loved it. And in my mind, Beast in AVX is in the same spot as Spider-Man was in Civil War. He's the guy who has ties to both sides of the fight. And he's the guy who's only seeing, who's seeing the most logical argument at any given time. He's mm-hmm. changed his mind a couple times, and he's the one, like you said, who's in the meeting saying, "Wait, all they've done is good things, and they haven't lifted a hand to hurt us, and we can't let this go." Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to help you. I don't think they're going to kill Beast. That's Beast, crazy. it's the only death that would make that would be an impact to both sides. I think. But why do they have to kill anybody? Somebody's going to die before this is over, an X Men or an That's Avenger. Sad. That's very sad of you to say. I'm right. I hate being right. It's a gift and a curse. We need to listen to me talk about books right now. Hickmania took me over again. I succumbed to the Hickmania. The Red Mass for Mars. What is this title? Never heard about this. Hearing about this? This new. This is uh, it came into the the comics app where we had the big hubbub where we uh, got his books. You know, he waited until all his books were done, and then they were all unleashed into the app. Is this part of his omnibus? Yes. The test pattern omnibus. This is a, a, a book that he colored and wrote. And uh, Bodenheim did art. Remember him? Halcyon did Secret, too. I liked Halcyon. Bodenheim. So what's this red book about? This is a, it's a futuristic setting where the planet has about maybe 30 superheroes left, but they're fighting an unstoppable force coming to Earth, and they need the help of this uh, Superman-esque character, Mars, that has kind of shunned uh, the planet. So he's kind of off on his own. And it's a mixture of his backstory of his entering Earth in the early, like I guess maybe 500s, and then the current state in the year 2100, where it's very modern and futuristic. Um, and it's about his decision to help or not to help and kind of um, Earth's forward-thinking uh, evolution coming back to haunt them. But it, So I, I read the whole thing, but I actually didn't like it all that much. It's super bleak. It's very dark and bleak, and it's very... Um, I don't, Hickman has a weird writing style that I'm starting to see now where it's like he has certain like I don't know if it's maybe his earlier work but it's almost like prose like a lot of it's kind of like uh, a lot of the text feels like it could be just it's just like prose exposition Um, and it's uh, it's just it's, it's a really bleak I didn't even know what the heck the book was about but I decided to pick it up it looks great in HD but um I didn't really feel like there was any redeeming ending to the book, like where they where they battle this uh, this unstoppable alien invasion. But I don't know. I was kind of bummed. Did you not like it because of the writing style or the story? Because you tend to like bleak. 
I thought it was. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I felt like there was no redeeming char- redeeming qualities of the Superman character. Like they formed this utopia on Earth um, where there was no kind of crime or anything, but something happens where he couldn't take it anymore, and he kills these two people. So they're like, whoa, buddy, we got to take you in. Like his fellow Justice League members told him this. And then he ended up smashing their heads together and kills them. Oh, and he's like, you know, this this isn't the way it was supposed to be. You're not worthy. So he leaves. But at the end, and he has a son in this story, but there's 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 not like a moment where he realizes the error of his ways. And I don't know. Just an odd little book. Yeah. Just, just... If someone else read it, write in and let me know what you thought. Is it a I didn't like it. No, it's a five-issue miniseries. Oh, okay. This is the first time I think I brought up a negative book in a while. Yeah. Usually yeah. we're uh, pretty positive. You sing the praises. Maybe that's the only book I had time to read this week. I read The Massive, too. We don't pander. If we liked it, we liked it. Massive was really good. Go get The Massive. Dark Horse. Two books? We're doing two books now? No, just go. Dale <laughs> goes and we just throw on Anarchy. <laughs> Mark Farrington, you are uh, a man about town. How so? You figure? You think? I'm just making it up. Yeah, okay. I'll I go with the, I think you're the total opposite. I can't stand you. All right. <laughs> what did you read this week? Praying for a resurrection for a Dale. <laughs> I went back to the archives. I the read... archives. <laughs> Trademark it. Uh-huh. I went and read Usagi Yojimbo 28 through 31 called oh, Circles. Look at you. So good. When we did Usagi Yojimbo, I had no idea I liked it so much, so I mm-hmm. kept reading. Hands down, my favorite story in the series. Book opens with Usagi wandering like he always does. He comes across a couple in trouble, helps them out. They go sit down for lunch, and you learn that Usagi is tired of his wandering days. He's tired of going around the country, getting into crazy random adventures. He's happy he's fought the good fight and helped people, but he's just tired. Mm -hmm. He decides it's time to go home, settle down, start a family. So he's making his way back to his village. He gets there. And finds his long-thought-dead sensei, talks with him, finds out that, hey, you know what? I'm not dead. This is what happened. Sees a young boy being trained with him. And then he goes about his business back to his home village. He sees his old rival, who has married his lifelong love. Right. He sees his nephew, their son, and he tells him, I'm back to stay. I'm home for good. The boy wanders off, gets captured by a demon. So Usagi has teamed up with his former rival and the paramour of his former love of his life mm-hmm. leads an army to go get the boy back <clears throat> excuse me you learn throughout the course of the battles that the rival is obviously not happy to see him usagi doesn't care he's going to do the honorable thing he helps get the boy back and by the end of the story he sits down and has a talk with his lady love to find she doesn't even want him back anymore Good. she wants him gone and there's a little secret about their son that's good. Hmm. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking story. It's another, that's the title I, I, I can never find the time to go back to. Like, Dark Horse just had that sale, and I fought myself to just bottom to do that. Uh, my wife checks the bank statements, everybody. She checks them like a hawk. Um, but that was one, yeah, I wanted to grab all those. I just, I can't have the, I don't have the time to sit and down. I might have to lend you my floppies because I think this story, which is great. Uh, you don't need to know everything about Usagi Ojimbo to jump right into it, but it has something for everybody. The Markives. The Markives. You could open up like a library and call it the Markives. You know what? 
you can't know where you're going to. You know where you've been. And this story look, is like, look at this guy. I'm still convinced that the archives don't exist. You just have perfect total recall <laughs> of every issue you've ever read. Mark hasn't read a book for this show in like 30 weeks. <laughs> he just co- continually opens up the vault. God, how cool would that be? <laughs> no, but seriously, I, if you read one story of Usagi Ojimbo, read this one. Action, adventure, intrigue. And yes, people, I shed a tear. Lightning round. Jonesy loves beer. Uh, unpublished writer. Two sentences or less. Another book you've read. Atomic Robo. The Flying She-Devils of the Pacific. Issue one. He's back, boys. Your favorite comic book character ever. Robo. And a quirky new adventure set back in the World War II times. Destined to please all readers. I like when you're pleased with yourself. You kind of like raise your shoulders up in like a weird twitch. Yeah, yeah, see? You're like, yeah, 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 okay. Batman Incorporated number two. The secret origin of Talia revealed. My favorite part is during the retelling of the Batman Raz Al Ghul battle. He's wearing the updated new 52 costume. Mm. Good catch. Parentheses, continuity. Close parentheses. Period. (laughs) Rebuttal? Oh, well, moving on. Mm -hmm. Superman, number 10. Since when is Superman inconvenienced by helping people? He hasn't smiled since the new 52 has begun. A non-smiling put out by helping other Superman is not my Superman DC. Rebuttal. For the far side. Super ultra rebuttal. (laughs) (laughs) Echoes by Joshua Fialkov. Shall I? Uh, Yeah, Gen Z, give us a little... This is our book. uh, First, we could say um, this is our book club segment. We all read this. We're going to chat about it. Whether you like it or not. And uh, we had a book giveaway. You know, we did a little Twitter giveaway to a, a, new, a, a, new, a, a new friend of the show. And they read it. We'll read their thoughts later. What's this oh, book about? Excellent. Echoes tells the story of Mark Echoes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Brian Kahn, who is a, uh, a functional schizophrenic, essentially. Uh, he's medicated. Uh, he's living a normal life as best he can. He has a wife, child on the way. Uh, he goes to visit his father, who is also uh, schizophrenic and suffering from <laughs> Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's isn't actually that funny, Jonesy, so you should <laughs> not laugh like that. <laughs> you know, it's because my music kicks in, people, I swear. To all the friends and family affected by Alzheimer's, you can send your letters to Jonesy Carey you know, Paper Keg. I'm going to chail Channel Dale right now. Chail him <laughs> and just say, everybody was Alzheimer's or garbage. Um, so anyway, uh, his father... Oh God. Uh, <laughs> his father, who um, has a symptom of uh, his schizophrenia blurts out this address and item um, that uh, you got me all screwed up. Brian you goes... Have, you have these alerts going off on your phone. <laughs> I don't know why we have the audio of that on. Dale is not here to, to <laughs> rein me in. But anyway, so he goes to this address and um, discovers this box in it. And the box are dolls made from the flesh of real girls. And he's, you know, wigged out by it. And that 
traumatic event kind of like makes his schizophrenia really come to the surface and get worse. In the meantime, as he's kind of trying to deal with this, he, he sees a young girl and then later finds out that she's disappeared. So he's like, you know, did I do it? Am I starting to become my father? Um, this kind of crooked detective uh, comes to uh, investigate the disappearance of the girl, obviously, because of uh, the father's condition. So he's like the next likely suspect. And then the, the crooked cop gets him to do some things, kind of bending the law on it. And everything that this cop puts him through um, kind of serves to keep unraveling this character. And And the book is beautiful because it totally dissects and destroys this guy's mind throughout the course of the book. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the most compelling part. Um, I won't spoil the ending because it is a very big twist. But uh, this book is one of the best psychological thrillers that I've read where the ending isn't cheap. And you feel like you you almost wonder, did Fialkov like go through something similar? Although, of course, that isn't the case. Or, or is it? Or did he rip this out of the headline somewhere and make a story about it? Because it's very, very, very well written, well paced. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the, the most compelling part is watching this main character lose his mind page by page. Uh, we didn't mention the artist, Rajan Ekadal. Yeah, his pencils, they, it's a black and white book, let mm-hmm. me state. But his pencils are, are so good and he uses the grayscale so well. That I think I wouldn't have enjoy, enjoyed this book as much if it were in color. Yeah, I agree. There was a lot of um, there was a lot of great double page spreads where it shows like his descent into semi madness. So like that first issue, his dead father tells him this address and to go there, and so and as Jenny said, and he finds these these dolls and bones of these dead girls. So he like almost had he's like, did, did my father like do this? And then. So, and that's, I think that's, that's just the first issue, like where he's yeah. just stunned at that. And you had mentioned that he saw that he, like, in, during the state, he has to take these pills um, so that he doesn't, like, descend into that psychosis. So he goes to this, like, children's playground and just kind of sits there and, like, thinks about it, which I was like, ugh, God, what a mistake that is. <laughs> like, right off the bat. Yeah, you kind of want to yell at the page, stop. Just keep yeah. going. <laughs> Don't stop there right now, please. <laughs> um,. But yeah, I love I love this book. This and and like Mark said, I do kind of like bleak books. But this one was, you know, you're the whole time you're reading it. Like, how's he gonna get us? He's got this pregnant wife, and he's just getting into a heap of trouble. Uh, this cop that sees him pull over to the playground starts asking him questions, and he's like, "Hey," and he's like, uh, "I'm asking you these questions because that girl that was at that playground is now missing. So, like, what were you doing there?" And uh, so that just like makes him descend deeper into the into the possibility that you know maybe now I'm taking on my father's murderous ways in a manner of speaking. Like and he like he thinks like did I do that? And the book is so well written that in the panels is he's delving further and further into his own psychoses, and you can just read his thoughts and how far along he's going. Something would happen; he would blank. He would just wake up the next day. And he would just be calm and smooth again. Mm-hmm. So every time this book is building you up, it gent- lets you down gently like a roller coaster, only to build that excitement up further, even faster and higher. Yeah, I absolutely agree. That pacing is amazing, and I think one of the um, one of the best story hooks that serves this book and kind of serves the pacing is uh, he uses that old Hitchcockian like 
if he would have just told his wife the truth and told everybody the truth and admitted everything, everything would have been fine. But because of his psychosis and because of the way he feels the guilt about his father and his own fear about jeopardizing his life because of um, his own condition, he, you know, lies and omits, and that ends up being the thing that comes back and bites him in the end. Yeah, and there were scenes, like, so the cop asked him these questions, and eventually the cop's like, hey, do you want to go on a ride-along to, to find, like, so this the character, the main character says, like, well, I saw this guy at this park, so maybe he did it. So the cop's like, all right, well, let's go on a ride-along and find this guy, because I found a guy that matches that exact description. And he's like, oh, sh- shoot. <laughs> so... They go and do this, and then, like, he drops the cop off after the stakeout or the the meeting, and he sees this bloody children's shoe, and that's what really set him off. He's like, oh, my God, I did do it. And uh, the book is, like, so dark because I feel so bad for this guy going through this. And then he – was that the point where he gets arrested? Like, I think at that point the cop, you know, puts puts the warrant out for him, so he gets arrested at that point. And – because his wife, his wife calls him like in a panic, like what the what are these cops doing here? They're looking for you. And he had at this point, you're right. He like the Hitchcockian. He'd never told her anything about it yet, so she's in the dark. And at this point, because I do want to talk about the ending, so fast forward like five or ten minutes if you want to hear about the ending. Okay. But um, so he gets in, he gets interrogated by this crooked cop, or they're asking him questions. The cop, like this other cop, and he's telling him, he's like, no, this, this this cop like put me up because he finds out, right before he gets arrested, he finds out that he goes to the hospital to see who was rooming with his dad. And it turns out that it's the cop's father. So the cop's father, you know, had been, had been uh, saying these things out loud to the cop. And now the main character's father overheard it. So as... His father was dying. He blurted it, blurted it out about the basement. So that house, in the, the basement of the house, belonged to the cop's father. Yeah. So you put two and two together, and so does he, that it was the cop's father that was doing all this stuff. So the cop had found out that, you know, well, he blurted it to his son, so now i got to take care of the son. Right. And it's, um, I like how they tied it in that that's an actual psychosis, an actual symptom, symptom called echolalia. Eclalia. Something like that. But he ties it into the title of Echoes. I thought that was pretty neat. After you, if you I go just, back I and just got it. that. Really? I literally just got that. <laughs> <laughs> I just I Beth Cortoed you with you uh, Lost Dogs. You did. <laughs> I don't know why. I never put two and two together before. But hey, With that point in mind, and one of the things I loved about this, something I don't get from superhero books slash mysteries, is looking back at the whole story. All of the clues were there to piece together what happened. Yeah. yeah. I did not feel cheated when they explained everything because through issues one through four, you see the story, you're watching it unfold. And then as it goes further and further into the story, you see what actually happened. You mm-hmm. see the cops manipulations and you see the little clues that were left. And the only clue that I picked up was when Brian was talking to his psychologist about the echolalia the condition where the Alzheimer's patients sometimes just repeat what they hear. And at that point, it made me think hospital. Something's going on with the other guy in the room that mm-hmm. we meet in the first issue. Yeah, and he was blurting something like in the first scene, too. Something yeah. about like mangy kids or something. Yeah. It does. It's a classic mystery above all, all else. And it's I love those great mystery stories where they give you all the information you need 
and then you know the climax is them putting it together for you like um I, I almost had it, like, it almost clicked when the cop was like, well, let's do a ride-along, and I'm like, wait a minute. Is it just him being a crooked cop, or is there, you know... I what, was waiting what, for yeah. him to, like, not even be a cop. But, oh, yeah, but he called this, But he called the station. Um, but, yeah, if you're still listening, just get a letters timestamp, because it's about to get spoiler-heavy again. Uh, how about the end? He gets arrested, and the cop is interrogating him, like, off the record... Like there's some guy on the inside that shuts off the recording machine and closes the blinds, and uh, he 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 gets put away. He yeah. literally doesn't get out of it. Like he is literally put into an, a mental institution. There was no last second rescue. No. The last scene smoking is him. Gun. Yeah, the last scene is him getting carted away, tied down to a gurney, and put probably put into some padded room. Well, I think. Well, it's not like he deserved a happy ending because he lied about it. He he hid things. He, well, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. He deserve it. Well, yeah, it's not. But you know, there had to be consequences, and we don't know that, that he's going to be like that for the rest of his life. I don't know. How does he get out at that point? Oh, you're There's, right. Unless his like, I did read the letters pages for each issue, and the last issue he talks about. Uh, he did have an idea for volume two, which follows the same characters in a very different way, but. I mean, I don't know if he has hopes at this point for a volume two, but I was so like his pregnant wife is hysterical in the police station, and the guy's like, I think one of the other cops like says like you better you just better get a good lawyer because it's he's pretty much done. And then the like the very next page is I think is a full page splat, splash of him crying and being carted away, yeah. and that's the end of the book. And I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I wasn't as like upset as I was with Red Master Mars, which was similarly bleak. Uh, I don't know why. I was, like, upset and angry, but I was happy because I, I enjoyed it still. Well, until about halfway through the book, I wasn't even able to tell whether or not he did the crime. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. combing through every single panel, trying to put two and two together to see if he, in fact, did it. Yeah. And I loved the fact that the answer was there, but I had to think about it. This was the second time I read it, and I was still as upset at the ending. Like, yeah. I still threw my head back because I kind of forgot if he did uh, get himself out of it. And it was cool reading it a second time, seeing the uh, the little nods from the cop, kind of like when he found the bloody shoe, there was the panel right before that the cop dropped his water. So he then dropped the shoe there. Um, so you could see where some of that stuff happened and how he was even more crooked at that point. I, I, just an amazing book. I can't, I mean, six bucks for the collection? Can't beat it with a stick. No, this is one of the first books we've read in a long time for a book club where I actually genuinely felt excitement along with the pacing of the story. Mm-hmm. And as it got closer and closer to hunting down the killer, my heart was beating. I It became a page turner because I just wanted to know what happened. Yeah. Last of the, I think Last of the Greats, I think I bought Last of the Greats because I liked this book so much. That was his other like, creator on Framage, but it didn't, I think that lasted like six issues. Or it didn't last as long as you wanted it. No, I like uh, Last of the Greats. You, you yeah. especially like that uh, butt sex scene, I think you told me. Yeah, well, I, I think my lightning clubbed it, and I was like, <laughs> I've never been so offended and intrigued <laughs> in At one single time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, Echoes, uh, highly recommended. Very yeah. dark, very creepy. Oh, let me see if I can find uh, We We did a giveaway for the book. You know, to get a new reader to discover a new book, which I'm all about, you know. Did, did, oh, no, I didn't include it in that one, actually. 
Uh, I took a screenshot. So it was at I am Brigo on the Twitter. Uh, finished echoes. Holy cow! Amazing how well they conveyed a man going insane, dark, disturbing, and haunting. And that ending! Exclamation point. That's well said. The ending will haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah. It, if you ever have a day when you're like, "Gee, my life is really tough," go read Echoes and be like, "You know what? I got this." When will we see an Echoes movie? I would watch that. I'd watch the S out of the God, Echoes it movie. Me, it would make me cry. That would that would be one of the. Probably you could make that very easily just by going off the book. You wouldn't even change anything. Echoes. We got your letters. Yes, you did. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Uh, letters at paperkeg.com. Shoot us an email. You know, maybe we'll read it. You know? We got a ton this week, so we might have to save some for next week. It's nice to see people are listening, though. Sure. Oh, by the way, we said uh, every week, not to toot our own horn. But every week we've been setting download records, and last month we set a new all-time monthly record. Thanks to y'all. We do appreciate sure. it. We sure. do. Very indeed. It's probably all about John Z's podcast oh, guest hosting. Geez. This guy is a legend. You never let my ego grow larger than yours, so <laughs> relax. Wow. Touche. And on that note, here's what we got. Sure. One from Ramson saying, which, Mar- which announced Marvel relaunch title? Uncanny Avengers, Avengers, or all new X-Men are you guys most excited about and why what are your hopes slash expectations from the writers apparently Ramston's partial to the Avengers team so he's looking forward to the Uncanny Avengers books because it looks like it'll be quite different Avengers team than what we've seen in the past with Cap, Thor, Wolverine, Rogue, Havoc looks to be a good mix of mutants and Avengers only other hope is that there are 299 books as I'm sure there will be tons (laughs) of books coming out and he says, I'm going to want to read, but not enough money to go around. Insert Jonesy sigh. <laughs> yeah, we, I was listening back to the old Paper Cake episodes, and we used to have a drinking game every time Jonesy sighed. Apparently, it was very often. Well, I, well to, I your I yeah, that. to your point. Yeah, to I, your I point was on. But I don't anticipate those being 299. I hate to burst his bubble. No, I, I'm, the 399 game is here to stay. People will buy them. AVX, people are buying AVX by you know the truckload. By the car full. And that's three ninety nine twice a month. So they realize how much money they're making off of that. They're like, let's do a bi-weekly X-Men book for three ninety nine. You know what? It's a pure popcorn book, but AVX is solid. I, I'm excited about the X-Men book, but I can't see that being an ongoing. Like, Could does, be. Like, how, how are the old 1960s X-Men just going to have their regular title for a year, two years? Right. Even if it goes a year, that's 24 issues if it's bi-weekly. They do this every so often, come out with the original X-Men stories i'm looking forward to uncanny avengers the flagship title cassidy remember cassidy or rick remember <laughs> remember remember just say remembo <laughs> rembo can i call him rembo yeah you can call him rembo i think rembo. he likes that sure how about you jonesy i how do i phrase this i'm excited for all and none uh stop being a baby explain stop being a big go big or go home right uh, I want to read them all, but there's not one title that just jumps out and says, this is the one that I got to pick up. Uh, probably just the one with Romendo and Cassidy because I love Cassidy's art. So I'll oh, probably, that, that'll probably be the deciding factor. If all three were on the table and then, like gun to my head, like pick one right now. It'll be like, Cassidy, Cassidy, and take it off the table. 
That's all I got. It's going to be so great. I'm just envisioning his... Remember those covers he did for Astonishing, the color-themed ones? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just the one character. I tell you, his Wolverine... Like, some panels I can remember, like, an Astonishing, where Wolverine's crouched on the bed where uh, Cyclops and Emma are sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, him, for the first time, walking into the hangar in that new costume. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 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 You know what else was good, too? When they were fighting Danger, when the Danger Room began oh, yeah. yeah, I'll never forget it. It was two panels. One was all the X-Men lying side by side, getting ready to fight Danger. The next was the exact same panel, but it had Danger's breakdown of each mutant. Yeah, I love that. The uh, the Kitty Pride Colossus oh, panels are were like oh literally like the best pa- page in like the last twenty years of comics. There's no page that can top that. That in my page book. where they see each other for the first time when she, when he passes <sighs> through her. Yeah. Oh my. And then she she t- she grabs her heart right after he passes through. God bless. <laughs> How about that one cover of? Kitty and Colossus when they're holding each other. Right. Amazing. Oh, so good. I hope that's the Cassidy we get. Castle Boner over here. So that's the title we're all looking forward to. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. What else said Boner D. What else we got? One from Paul who's saying, sorry about the novel last time. Here's a quick question. He's been a DC guy, but my Marvel has greatly increased of late. What are the quintessential Spider-Man arcs that every reader should buy? Give me something that'll make me want to buy Spidey monthly. Hmm. That's a, that's a good Dale question. Rest in peace. You know, I will take the uh, the Dale slot here. Go back and read Spider Island. That had a lot of great tie-ins, and was a great modern event that kind of catches you up to where you are now. That's actually on sale for ninety nine cents each right now. I knew that. Nice plug um, on comicsology dot com. The I think Ends of the Earth is amazing. Ends of the Earth is amazing. Fantastic. Four bucks a piece though. FYI, it's good, but in my opinion, you got to go further back. I love Spider-Man the Alien Saga. That's when he comes back from Marvel Secret Wars, and he learns that his costume is really an alien. Mm -hmm. A lot happened in that Mm. that affected Spidey for years. That was good. Big Time. Big Time's pretty good, I thought. I like Big Time. Oh, Craven's Last Hunt. Yes, that's a good one. Spider-Man Blue. Shed. Jeff Loeb, Tim Sale. Shed. Shed is good. Shed. What else was good? You know what? I'm going to say it. I know it's by... uh, you guys hate JMS, but Spider-Man Civil War tie-in. No, that was good. I, I like remember that. liking that. I don't remember that. That was back when I, I, I liked JMS. That was showing Peter starting off on Tony's side of Civil War, and then he would he transitioned over to Cap's side and the effect it had on his life. Mm-hmm. That led up to Aunt May getting shot. What about uh, Marvel Knight Spider-Man? Oh, man, I didn't that Marvel Knight Spider-Man. Really? No. You don't like Mark Millar. I do, but... I read that right off the heels of Hush, Batman Hush, so it kind of paled in comparison to me. Mm. Could have sworn off here you told me, I wish Mark Millar was dead. Did you you not say that? Remember when, before the show, when we were watching Avengers or Plenty's (laughs) Heroes, and Jonesy said that he hated the... Well, come on now. Let's not make this about me. (laughs) He hated the ninjas. He did. I said I hated Power Man. It was inappropriate. Jonesy was wildly inappropriate. Agreed. He cleaned it up, though, on the air. I want to know why... Iron Fist wears Caprice. That's all I'm asking. Do we have another? Do we want to do one more letter? Save the rest for next week? We or? can spare another letter. We got that many. Thank you again for all of them. Whoa. I just blew somebody's speakers out. Did. This one's from Larkin saying, I was the winner of the Twitter of the first issue on Pottersfield. Hmm. Finally got the time to read it, and I would like to say I really enjoyed the story. The writing is well thought out, and the art is very nicely done. It matches the dark, gritty feel of the storyline. 
I look forward to reading more comics and comicsology. Thanks for the issue again, Larkin. Pottersfield is great. <laughs> no, we uh, we have not heard uh, from Mark Wade if he's going to do more. No word. I He'll wish he did. I wish he yeah. did. Well, I'm curious to see what Mark Wade's picking up in this Marvel Revolution thing. Re-evolution. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe he's got a book coming out because they're going to have more titles if it's going to last five months. I wonder what book he's doing. The buzz is he's getting more titles from him. What, what, what's uh, what's what's your number one pick for him to pick up? I have no idea. You're fired. It was a good run. Maybe a Spider-Man title. Oh. <laughs> he was part of the oh. Spider-Man writers. He's what? He was part of the Spider-Man writers. Yeah, he did. Uh, I think he did like two great arcs from the big time run. He did twenty four seven, which is pretty good. What was the one with the Prego? The Sinister Six were after, or the baby? Remember the chase yeah, for that, that baby? Was, um, new species, something like that. That was really good. That yeah. the the race for that baby. You know what? We got so many letters. Sorry, we didn't get the chance to read them all. We we gotta save some. We got a lot. Thanks for the love, y'all. We're feeling it. We'll talk about it uh, maybe in the fireside. Ah, uh, the fireside. We'll announce uh, next week's book. It's big. Maybe the big, biggest book we've ever done. Biggest book we've ever bigger, done. Bigger, 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 bigger. Uh, next week, maybe the return of Dale underscore A. Death is not permanent. Not in comics. Not on paper keg. I heard he got stuck in time. He's trying to make a return. I heard we're going to heaven to save him. Oh, God. We'll see everybody next week. Dale, come back. Remember the outro? You're the glue, Dale. You're the glue. format i'm kind of excited to see how it's going to play out should be interesting should be interesting two, two full episodes a month two firesides do we have a time limit on the fireside for those episodes 20 30 minutes do we decide uh no not really yeah. depends on how much how long we go for in the fireside all right guys we got the small talk out of the way lightning round rebuttals mm-hmm what do you have against my beef with this non-smiling Superman? I don't actually have anything against it. I think that book is garbage. It is garbage. What what planet is DC on where they're doing this poor rendition of Superman? Should be their flagship title. They should the have summit meetings. Biggest S ever. Just for Superman. I think it's they're just responding to the the fans like me who have been saying for years he's the lamest character ever. But you know, one thing about Superman is we need him as the lamest character ever. He's he's the one that's you know. What was Cassidy doing during the time of the New Fifty Two? They couldn't have chucked him some sweet cash and be like, "Hey, let's let's redo Superman." You know, we'll get a hot writer on here. He was George doing Perez. Beautiful covers what? on the Grounded storyline. What? I read an interview with George Perez recently yeah, for the Superman Day yeah, he was celebration. DC. Yeah, he was saying that when he was writing the book on New Fifty Two, there were basic written or writing questions about Superman editorial couldn't answer. They said, when does he meet this guy? When does he meet that guy? 
Was he raised by Martha's Martha and Jonathan? Are they still alive? He didn't even know Morrison was doing another Batman or Superman book. He didn't. One he, was, he didn't. He had, how did what? Like how does that happen? Apparently, he was submitting ideas for what to do in Superman, and they told him no. Grant's going to do it, and that's when he found out. It's crazy. Unbelievable. One, one hand is literally not talking to the other. Are you Sickens shocked, me. though? Are you shocked? Based off the quality of their books? No, I'm not. What was Eduardo Risso doing? Put Eduardo Risso on Superman. You know? It kills me every Wednesday when I go into the LCS and I see that I buy more Marvel books than DC. Or when I go home and DC is just at the bottom of my pile. But hands down, week after week. Marvel is just beating up DC and taking their lunch money. Yeah, the only thing I'm really reading right now is Batman. And I I think I'm going to drop Justice League. Did you see the preview for the next arc? No. From Snyder and Capullo? Wait, wait, wait. Let me show him the trailer. Come on. Let me show him the trailer. It's coming out in October. And it is incredible. Okay. Just a black screen. Oh, my goodness. With three words on top, guess who's back? It is a silhouetted character standing in a shadow. Holding up the remnants of the Joker's face. That is amazing. This, and this, the maestro, who better? Scott Snyder <laughs> is doing his epic Joker story. His I first big wait. appearance in the new that 52. Movie, that this has got to be like hotcakes. This has got to be the Joker story he's wanted to tell. And he gets to tell it. He did say, both of them were like, you know, t- pants tightened talking about the Joker. How this is like the biggest thing to ever happen ever. I, see, I love how a year ago they wrote the Joker out pretty much in Detective and now they've, they've been holding him back holding back mm-hmm. holding back holding back and pow. if there's one person I can't wait to see take a whack at a Joker story it's Scott Snyder he's on record in his interview saying that this is his favorite villain in all of fiction also how, how bad do you feel for Batman he's lost like 30 pounds and he's like near death and now the next thing he's gonna be fighting the Joker I hope they give him a beard in this <laughs> run like a gray beard <laughs> there's only one thing I'm not too happy about they're going to do just like the Night of the Owls, where apparently this story is going to branch out to the other Bat books. No, I love it. I think they should keep doing that. I just, I think they should keep doing that. Didn't you hate on that when it was the old 52? Mayhaps. Um, probably. Mayhaps. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? Jonesy, now, Jonesy, now, now I'm surfing the wave. I'm surfing the wave right now. Jonesy love loves it. flip-flopping. He is the king of flip-flop. The common uh, flip-flops. Both of you. Dale's not here to rise in <laughs> my defense. Did we have another uh, rebuttal? What the, was the other... Ones. What was your no, I wanted to agree that I think Superman sucks. It doesn't have to be. I mean, how many good Superman books have we read? Yeah. Birthright, for Superman for all seasons is incredible. And what are what are Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale doing? Jeff What's Loeb's doing like Marvel TV right now. Oh, that's right. What's yeah. Tim Sale doing though? Who knows? Covers maybe? No, that's not yeah. right. Hmm. But uh, like even in Justice League, did you read Justice League Ten? Yes. Uh, like Superman and Batman are, are talking to the Justice League, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we're boys outside of this. We work together outside of this. We only trust each other." And I was like, "That's Batman's role. It's not Superman's role to jump in and be like, yeah, we're we're BAs together.' You know what I mean? He should be like, "No, we should all trust each other and know each other.' He's not acting like Superman. Not at all. Superman is his best when he's inspiring people." As corny and boy scouting as it is. Isn't that what action is supposed to be right now? Where he like fights for the little guy? What's happening in that book? I'm so lost in action right now. There is some ultimate games hunter who wants to kill Superman because he's an alien. He's killed everything on Earth and now he wants to kill an alien. Hmm. He tracks down Clark in Metropolis. Clark fakes his own death. And oh yeah, there's 
anguish and there's teen angst and other stuff about Clark's personal life I just don't care about. Why does he have a, a white Superman suit? What's the significance of that? They haven't explained it yet. <laughs> Apparently this white suit is also the armored suit he wears. Yeah, but he, I've seen him like in, in shots of the book where he's just wearing a white version of his shirt. You like where know. it's blue, but it's white in some spots. You now know as much as I do. And it's also kind of weird that Superman's uh, suit is ar- is Kryptonian armor. Did you see the one panel in Superman where it like bonds to his body? Yep. Get the hell out of here, you turd. Who? What is the turd that came up with that? I broke the fourth wall and I started reading some of the legal Jerry Schuster Siegel oh. DC case. Mm. And word on the block in the courtrooms is the reason why they changed Superman's court or costume is the costume is the last piece of Superman property that the Siegel family and Schuster family own. So that's why they did a radical... (laughs) Nice. (laughs) That's why they did the radical redesign, only so DC can own Superman as a property. I can see that theory being... Which is awful. Almost accurate, sadly. It's a money's game, I guess. Oh, God, it's so sad. But it's not my Superman... Um, that Batman year, Batman Earth One graphic novel is coming out. I yeah. guess today, by the time it's posted, is that coming out this post? week? Yep. Really? Yeah, I didn't know that was. I I have been so lost on that since they were pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. I do not think that's going to be digital. Really? Really? FYI, <laughs> not going to buy it. So I'm going to have to lend you guys my trade just so we can talk yeah. about it on a book club. Yeah, I should really want to read it though. They're giving away. I'm not sure if they're giving away that book or they're giving away a preview of it at like some Batman showings. I had the movies. Do you remember when I quakingly and shyfully asked Jeff Johns at New York Comic Con when it was coming out? I'll never forget. Ah, uh, God, not my proudest moment. You know, I tweeted, uh, what's his face? Uh, Kurt Busick oh about God. his. Fo- <laughs> this week's. <laughs> his follow Busick. Oh, that was another sound that we never made. Mm-hmm. About um, his follow up to Superman's Secret Identity, which they had. He had pitched and they gotten t- they for. They talked about he talked about that like a year ago, and yeah. he's like, "Don't talk about it because it's so far off." Yeah, NDA, NDA, NDA. Uh, Batman, Night Terror of the Night, or something like that. Yeah. So, I wonder when that's coming out. The, 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 the before non-player issue two, that's for sure. <laughs> oh my god. We had a lot of fun when we did Superman Earth One's book club, so I can't wait to hear what we think oh, of Batman Earth. Remember, I tried to play devil's advocate for that, and you guys tore me apart. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that second one should be coming out soon, too, I think. It's coming out in fall or winter. It's definitely 2012. Mm. I don't know. The Earth one, the Batman one, looks really good, I think. It, it's getting beat up in the preliminary reviews. No. Sorry. Jeff Pretty Johns, cool. Gary Frank. What's what's not to like about Gary Frank on Batman? They said that it was... You know what? What's the net, What do they say so far? What's the beat? What's the beat on the block? Beat on the block. I only read one paragraph, then I wanted to save it for when we discuss oh, it. Okay. Disjointed and nonsensical. <laughs> That's not good. No, <laughs> those are pretty damning reviews. How do you pretty do? damning reviews? But you know what? This could be good. Our expectations are low. They can only go up. I think we talked about that a little bit in the graphic novel because. It's not often that a creative team does a graphic novel anymore. Like, they're usually always right for the 20-page comic. Yep. So I wonder how I maybe Geoff can't make the transition. We'll see. I'm thinking about rereading Superman Earth 1 just to see if... Ugh. Did we go in with prejudice, or was it that bad? Uh, we're running out of time. Next week's book, we're going big. 
Sand. Just kidding. It's not Sandman. <laughs> uh, Harvey P. Carr's Cleveland. My name is Cleveland Brown, and I am proud. Not that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, Harvey P. Carr. You know, this is another another higher echelon book, you know, where everyone's like, oh, Harvey P. Carr, man, is, that's the stuff. Well, we're going to decide next week. Is it the stuff? We'll see. <laughs> Find out next Tuesday. Paper gig. But seriously, thanks for listening. We'll see everybody at the meetup in a few weeks. Can't wait. Peace and out.